Live with Kurt and Anthony on FM 96.3 and AM 620. WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody, We where we are going to get you, get you, get you. Because we've got Lieutenant Governor Dave Zuckerman with us this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Dave. Good morning. Always trying to get me. You never know. We try. You'll catch we, me off guard. You, got, you all try, get me. He, Your callers get me sometimes, too. It's we all try, good. but he's very elusive. He's very <laughs> elusive. Oh, come on. <laughs> I got, although you have to. Well, admit. that's a good thing. You, we yeah, try to get you, and we oh, can't. Oh, that quite. way. I thought it would mean like elusive on answers. I was like, I try <laughs> no. to be as clear as I can be, man. No, Dang. no, 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 no. <laughs> No, so, I think. Uh, I, well, I'm I'm kind of obsessed with how elusive this guy is. That that. Uh, yeah, he's crafty. He's very crafty. Imagine if we, <laughs> he we gets took around that for good. Imagine if we use that. The guy's a smart guy. Oh, I don't know how smart he is. He was in prison for 20 years. But anyway, uh, he's a problem solver. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Right. That's yeah, all I can think exactly. of. Exactly. That's the, that could be the movie. Uh, but, so, you know, but he's he's also, I mean, they say he's potentially a risk, so I hope uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I hope they find him and folks up in that area stay safe, uh, for sure. Yeah, without a doubt. Let's go to the phones. Look at that. Wow, started right <laughs> up. <laughs> Good morning. You're live on the morning Good drive. Morning. Hello there, David Zuckerman. This is James Clyburn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, your impersonations are decent. Decent. There you go. That was, that was okay. <laughs> <laughs> We got a guy that imitates Bernie who is really good. Local guy calls up and you would think it's Bernie. Wow, that's amazing. You know who else could do Bernie really well is uh, Dave Weinstein, who used to work in his office for a long oh, time. Oh, I've heard Dave do the imitation. He yeah, does, he's very good. He too. does a really good one. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's a, quite the accent. So, how are things going on the farm before we get into the. Ooh, it's, uh, it's Africa hot out there, man. Yeah. It's uh, the last couple of days. I reskinned a high tunnel. You know those; they look like greenhouses. They're yep. plastic covered. Oh, that's uh, a nice job in the sun. Well, the thing is, you need really calm air. So, you, a high pressure like this, we've had no wind. I was out there at about four thirty yesterday doing some work by headlamp to prep some of the materials before we got going because once the sun was hitting us, it was just brutal. Yesterday morning started hot. Yeah, and uh, I. I was joking with my spouse that I, I should put this on social media, but I think people take it the wrong way. But your your listeners will understand. It was a three shorts day. I was so sweaty. I kept going inside and changing. I mean, it was just it was not oh, just tripping. And, and the air was so heavy. Uh, there was so much moisture. <clears throat> uh, it, it was a brutal day. That, that that's a tough job to begin with, and to do it yesterday. Oh yeah, Good and Lord. then today going to set up irrigation. You know, yeah. all the rain we've had. Once it goes a week with this kind of heat, it's uh, the littler plants, because I'm still seeding stuff for fall, like yep. fresh lettuce mix and stuff. Uh, they're going to parch up and dry out and die. So i got to irrigate later today. Oh, that's <laughs> insanity. <laughs> Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Yes, good morning. I'd like to talk about a subject that, uh, that the lieutenant governor and the governor are in complete agreement on, and I'd like to ask why they're not working together on this subject and that okay. is the well what what they would call newcomers but some of us call them illegal aliens um you know now that for four years they criticized trump's border policy now under biden the border's pretty much open i mean new york massachusetts have big problems right now massachusetts even declared a state of emergency and activated the national guard to try to manage the busloads of these people come into their states. Now, the governor has claimed that these people are the answer to our demographic problem during the four years of Trump, and he, he said he would welcome these people. So why aren't these people being welcomed to Vermont? 
why are you not asking for some busloads to be diverted to Vermont? Um, if, if every progressive Democrat in the state just took one of these people into their homes, we could solve New York's and Massachusetts problems in, in one swoop. So uh, what's being done to welcome these people to Vermont? It's uh, what he well, says, of course, is true. I mean, <clears throat> Mayor Adams in New York City has said we can't sure. handle this. No, I've definitely heard that uh, both about New York and Massachusetts. I also I think it's interesting talking about the busloads arriving. I mean, in part, that those were political stunts by some other political figures, but uh, down south sending them. And there's questions about that legally. But uh, no, it's a, it's a fair question, although I have to say. Uh, the governor is the one who does make the state policies or administrative decisions, and I can't answer for the governor why he is or isn't doing uh, what he would be doing. So I can't answer you that one. Uh, we tend not to meet much. I did go to some of the press conferences after I found out when they were related to the flood. But you the, did. Uh, you managed. To, they 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 told me they were keeping that secret from you. How'd you yeah, exactly. How'd you find well, out? Not it quite. But I awesome. did. I did ask for the press releases of when he was having them. Be- and I'll get back to the aunt caller's question, okay. but. Uh, because what I could do during the flood, since I wasn't uh, in, included in that process, was whenever the governor put out information, I tried to amplify it through my social media and otherwise, because I wanted sure. to at least help amplify information to any direction we could get stuff out. And so I asked him when the press conferences were, so I could say, oh, get ready to listen to the radio or watch the TV to yep. learn. And then once I had the schedule, I said, well, I'd like to go so I can meet the FEMA director and some of the other people involved so that if, you know, God forbid something happens to the governor. My first meeting of those people wouldn't be under the circumstances of becoming governor. It would have been yeah. through an earlier introduction. So I went to a few of those but um, and learned a lot at them. It was good. Uh, but anyway, with respect to housing, uh, the folks, well, I think there's a couple things. And, uh, you know, I get the caller's question. And I get the tongue-in-cheek nature of some aspects of it, or I got gotcha you try. But we have had uh, a housing crunch just like everywhere else for these last couple of years. I will say that when uh, before the pandemic, uh, had we added a few hundred people to the state, I don't think we would have had the same housing crunch as we have now. But as people are moving to Vermont, uh, both from a climate resiliency perspective or from a political reasoning from some other places, uh, you know, our housing situation, I mean, look at what we've got. We got folks housed in hotels and motels. You know, at the moment, we just don't have the space. Now, I appreciate, again, him saying, well, if every progressive and Democrat took someone in, I will say if the Republican is, uh, if the governor is Republican, I would say we could all take someone in. I don't know why he had to choose just two parties in that regard. But uh, no, you know, we have a, we do have a labor shortage, as does everyone. And if we could build enough housing, I'd say we should take some in. I think what the caller is saying, because he, he calls semi fairly regularly, sure. is that uh, he's putting it on the people who support the policies. Like, right. like cities that are sanctuary cities. Well, no, I know, but he said the governor was one of the... Yes, he said we're na- on the same page, right. so that's and why I was saying And that. he's naming the governor. Sure. As, and do you agree with what the governor said in the past or what his policies have been? I know you can't answer for the governor. Sure. But do you agree with his policies? Well, I'd have to remember... To this? I don't remember exactly what he said, but I do think we need to be humane at the border, and we have to look at the fact that the way these folks are portrayed by some on both some uh, cable news as well as by a former president that they're all crooks and drugs and rapists when you actually look at the statistics that percentage-wise, there's actually a smaller percentage of problematic people. But can but you just have a free what flow like to, of people no, coming No, what I'd like to see like us do, and of course, at con- this is congressional level, so we're a little bit out of my my zone. But Might not be at we, some point, though. We need to, <laughs> as he points his finger at me, <laughs> listeners, there were some visuals there, too. Um, we need to change our immigration policy and and 
allow more people in legally. I mean, as a percentage of our overall population, far fewer people are allowed in legally now than when most of our, you know, the three of us, three white dudes sitting around this table came in through Ellis Island or other, uh, you know, ways of getting in. The percentages were much higher then for how many people could move into this country each year. But there were different issues that we faced now than we faced then, too. Of course. The world changes. Yeah. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning, Dave. As you folks started your conversation, it was hot yesterday, and (laughs) all of the Burlington beaches were closed because of cyanobacteria. Is this going to be forever, or is there something the state can do about it? Because it's it's not good. No, that's really uh, a problem, and it's been a problem for a number of years, and it's getting worse. And I... You know, I'm sure some of the callers are going to, or listeners are going to get frustrated with my answer, but these, we've known, uh, we as a society have known, whether it's cyanobacteria uh, or other issues, we're going to arise from the pollution that we've put into the lake. Uh, a good chunk of that, obviously, is agriculture, but in fact, a lot of it is also urban runoff. Uh, and we've changed the chemistry of the water with what we as everyday people do, whether it's the food we eat and that we demand from the farmers so the farmers grow more, whether it's ag policy that encouraged the use of phosphorus through the 50s, 60s, 70s, which was a byproduct after World War II that they were looking for a use for, and it turned out to help grow plants as well, uh, and the nitrogen fertilizer. And unfortunately now, for the most part, uh, my understanding, I'm not a, a marine biologist or scientist, but it's going to take decades for some of those materials to work their way through the sort of biological processes to be less present. And the cyanobacteria is also about the hot water and the stillness of the water. And we're seeing changing uh, climate environmental issues. And uh, we're going to suffer the consequences of inaction uh, and inability to make change either politically or socially from the last couple decades. Is there something else you think that the state should do? Because I know the state, I was there when the state was putting together the big plan, the treasurer was right. involved in it, the governor's administration, et cetera, and, and we were meeting a federal uh, mandate. Right. Sure. Uh, but the city of Burlington has also done, we passed oh, a bond, yeah. a huge bond. They separated to, the water, the, the sewer, and the, and the rainwater. I mean, the steps are now being taken. Uh, but just like the climate, you know, if we stop producing carbon today, we're not going to stop having storms tomorrow. Uh, and... It, we are a very here and now society with these, you know, I'm holding up my cell phone right now. We're a so snap, 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 instant gratification. And we've created this problem over time and it's going to take time to solve. But, you know, these floodplains, you know, we have channeled rivers. If we channel rivers less, there's a, a story in the, I think, Digger right now about, or maybe it wasn't in Digger, but I saw online about Casella doing a big berm in East Montpelier. I don't know if you've seen that lately. Their DEC said, wait, you didn't get a permit for that. You got to take that down. Because if we keep funneling the water to pour into the lake and not spread out over our lands, uh, that those are the kinds of steps. But they take a huge amount of time because we've developed certain areas. So you don't just suddenly undevelop an area or, you know, figure out a new place for, to divert water to spread out. These are huge dollars and huge issues. And, and I appreciate the call. I don't think there's an immediate solution, but steps are being taken. I just don't know exactly what they are. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Oh, let me grab the next line. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Morning, gentlemen. Uh, just the one thing I want to throw out there. WCAX TV had a, uh, a, a documentary or, or basically a person who was talking about the runoff from the storms. 
and claim in that doc in that in the uh, short video that the phosphorus provided nutrients as that runoff was coming out and down to the lake. So what are we as people looking at our news to believe when we have some one person saying the phosphorus is providing nutrients for the fish and the wild wildlife down through the, the runoff and kind of like the school board with Burlington as far as the uh, you know toxicity of the PCBs. You know, we, we get two different versions of, of what's going on. So there's sure. a lot of things, just like the immigration policy and the sanctuary city stuff, that affect our, our livelihoods and our lives. Yeah. You know, maybe a little better government could coordinate that. Thank you. Well, with respect to phosphorus, I'm going to use a different example, water. We need to drink water every day. Or we're in big trouble. I think it's three days without water, and you're pretty well toast. At the same time, if you just drink gallons and gallons of water, you will also die. Right. If you just sat there and drank as much water as you could, nonstop. So phosphorus can be a good and a bad. Water right. can be, I mean, just about anything out there, right? A lot of us go out and have a beer or two. Well, you have 20 of them, and you're either going to be dead from, from the alcohol, or you're going to be dead from the car accident because you're an idiot and you get behind the wheel with all those beers in your body. So um, I, I don't disagree with you. Uh, government can certainly always work to improve. Uh, I know there's conversation about the unemployment claims, big news these last few days. You know, you, unfortunately, all of us learn a lot of things after the fact. I would say in day-to-day life with our spouses and families, we learn, oh, I wish I handled that better later. So I think you're right. Uh, government can continue to improve and, and good suggestions. Anybody out there, I mean, part of government is that it's also all of us. So if people have good ideas. I often encourage people to reach out to my office and I can't execute them all. Lieutenant governor is not all powerful, but I could certainly pass on those kinds of ideas. And uh, sometimes they, there are people with more knowledge on the topic who say, well, it sounds like a good idea, but here's some of the consequences. And so we won't do it. And other times there's a new efficiency to be found. Well, you bring up a really good point about um, this, this particular storm uh, really highlighted how everything winds up in Lake Champlain. And I mean, right after the storm, we had stories. That's a very Chittenden County answer. I think people in uh, in the Connecticut River Valley might disagree with you. Well, but. okay, but on, the, on this side, yeah, good point, good point. But I'm saying like the Winooski. Yeah, I know. Things, I'm just, you know, yeah. I'm just but giving there, you a hard time. With the, redu- with the reduction of floodplains, it all, it, it creates like this, this, just this, this fire hydrant blowing in and it, and it swept up, uh, People were talking about all the stuff that was floating afterwards, not just trees, but oh, there's all kinds of toxic, nasty stuff. Gas cans, you know, people Uh, stuff that's in people's garages. Yeah, because the garages were swept away, you know. And I, I, when you said that, I'm like, yeah. And this is not an instant fix. Plus, we have things like this that are adding to it. It's 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 not a simple. It's not a simple issue. And a lot of those floodplains are the best soils. Uh, There used to be floods in May or late November. Uh, and that was actually considered a, a good thing. You know, mm-hmm. you get rainwater, you didn't get all the household stuff, and that got out on the fields, yeah. and that helped farmers. Now, think about what's on those fields. It's And then what ends up in our food. So the because we want all those conveniences of the paint remover that's better than anything else versus sanding or scraping, then those are the things that end up circling back to get us later. These are personal decisions, right? We want all these conveniences, and fair enough. They've made life a lot easier. Uh, but the you know, big question for farms, and I was at a, a meeting where some folks brought up a conversation about 
what if one of the flood mitigation or resiliency solutions was to start figuring out, and and I'm not in a floodplain, so this isn't for me, just to be clear, but uh, paying farmers an annual small additional amount if their farm is a is a flooding type field to not have it be bermed or blocked off so that the waters will spread onto them. Mm-hmm. But that also means every 10 years, you've seen some of the fields, whether it's along in Bolton uh, mm-hmm. or near Richmond, you got the Conant Farm, and I was just on North... Uh, North Williston Road, those fields of corn, they lose their crop. So you got to compensate to help them in the bad years, but also help them do that. Phone lines are lit up for you, Dave. No, that's all right. right. It's all good. Let's let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I'd just like to make a a comment and a conversation I had with a prominent person from Barrie. Okay. And... um, so the subject got brought up about the flooding, and I and I said, "Well, what about dredging out the river in front of the Capitol? It affected the flood affected Barry as well as Montpelier." Oh yeah. And when when I made the comment, he looked at me and he goes, "Where do you, where do you live? You live in Vermont, right?" That's the reason, because of the environmentalists and people are afraid right. they're going to disrupt the reptiles and whatever. Right. So the, the question has to do about, you're, you're making a comment about dredging and why Vermont doesn't allow dredging in the rivers. If you look at the uh, science around dredging, uh, it really would not have made a difference. If you had that river one foot deeper uh, for 35 feet wide, and you look at the volume of water... Uh, that's spread out over the, you know, I'll use Montpelier as the example, you're talking about an inch or two difference in the flood. Now, that obviously makes a difference to some people, and your house had four feet or six feet of water in it, or your business was that deep. Dredging the river an extra foot or two down, uh, or taking out a, a, a bar in the middle of the river, would not have made that scale of difference when you're talking about, you know, nine inches of rain uh, in some parts of the state in just a handful of hours. Uh, but, you know, that's been an ongoing debate, and I appreciate there's a difference of opinion, but but st- fact-wise, that would not have changed the impacts of that flood. All right, let's let's uh, let's go back to the phones. Good morning, you're live on the morning drive. You're on the yeah. air. Good morning, you're on the air. Yeah. Good morning. Um, regarding the illegal aliens, you, you casually overlooked the fact that they are here illegally and they're criminal and because of you your party the three stooges we have in washington who refuse to say anything about the open borders we now have these crises in multiple cities and while you minimize there's only a very small percentage that are criminal elements i'm sorry even two percent of the six million that uh brandon has let in Two percent, that's over 100,000 rapists, murderers, drug addicts. And with them, they have brought human trafficking. You have helped allow this. Human trafficking. I've had nothing to do with it, just so you know. The number of people that have died from fentanyl. Okay. All right. So, no, I I appreciate the the point, uh, even if presented 
rudely. Um, the reality, I, I don't know where you got the six million figure from in, during uh, Biden's presidency in three years, because if, if that was the case, the same kinds of numbers were coming over in the prior president. He did a whole lot more stuff, and yet people were still flocking over the borders. These, this is a bigger conversation with respect to federal policy, which, again, I'm going out in an area that is not my my area of uh, authority based on you know office I hold. But there's a reason that the United States has worked to support democracies or financial support to many Central American countries to try to reduce the violence and the military dictatorships or the juntas or the whatnots. Because most of these people are leaving where they're leaving from because they're being persecuted. They're either a minority religion or a minority culture in their their home country, uh, or they're trying to get here for better economics. Yes, a few people are going to be of the, you know, variety that you're talking about. But the drugs were coming over long before Biden, long before Trump. They're coming in in all kinds of different ways. And there's different ways to solve the problem. One is to work on helping people break their substance abuse uh, issues and, and reduce the demand. This is pure supply and demand. If we help people not get addicted in the first place, then the drugs aren't going to be flowing in because there's no market for them. It's all economics. So there are multiple different issues here. You can think we can put up a big old wall and stop everyone from coming in. The reality with thousands of miles of of land border between Canada and Mexico and the United States and thousands of miles of of ocean border on the east and west uh, and some in the south and the Gulf, there's just no way you're going to stop people from coming in. So if that's where you want to throw your money, you know, good money after bad, go ahead. I tend to think of trying to spend money in a more efficient way. All right, well, we're going to take a break. We're going to check in with Fox News. Drive with Kurt and Anthony on FM 96.3 and AM 620. WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here with Lieutenant Governor of the State of Vermont, Dave Zuckerman. And Dave, uh, can you give us an update? I, I know you were ta- telling me off air that you had talked to the person that called, la- I think it was last time you were on, yeah, and talked about... Uh, uh, we were talking about floodplains, flood zones, and she was talking about chickens and about animal right. cruelty issues. Well, I, I didn't talk to the person who called in, but I talked, talked to, to the, the farmers uh, about, if folks remember, they someone called in about animal cruelty and all the chickens and, and turkeys that were lost. I did talk to them, and they, had, they said uh, they saved 120 turkeys, and they were going back out the next morning at the break of dawn with their canoe to get more from the highest spot. And it had turned out the flood, you know, the river had risen so fast that they lost a few hundred. But they also, in that prior day, had saved 1,600 chickens. 1,600. 1,600 chickens and had yeah. another 6,000 in other locations that were not in that area. And so they only lost, I don't think they either lost none or just very few chickens. Gotcha. Um, sorry, not very few. Relatively speaking, percentage-wise, not that many, but 700 chickens. Uh, so they had 7,600 chickens in good shape, and they right. lost 700. So yep. uh, those folks worked like crazy the day mm-hmm. before the flood with the threat of it coming, got everything out they could. Yeah. The roads got closed off on both sides by water, yep. so they couldn't get more help the next day. And they were out there at the break of dawn trying to save more animals. So in canoes. I just want to you yeah. know let that person know who called in uh, frustrated that certainly if this happens again in the future— I imagine those farmers and any other farmer in a floodway would welcome their help for, for yeah. days on end to to help. But yeah. if uh, and maybe that person doesn't eat meat, and that's fine too. But you know, folks, there's there's an old uh, 
bumper sticker. Don't complain about farmers with your mouth full. And, uh, you know, farmers are doing the best they can out yeah, there. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they... they a good farmer. The last thing is uh, they they're in, they they don't they do not promote animal cruelty. There's no question. Well, there's not a lot of money to be made doing that either. No, there isn't. They're, they're better it's business people than that. It's yeah. Hard to pay the bills. So thanks for giving me the chance to just bring that up, uh, Kurt, because I I really wanted to know more about that after that call. Last no, time. it's a good update. We appreciate it. Well, let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Hi. Good morning. I'm going to go back a little bit. Um, we have think the way I've understood it, we have the most liberal immigration acceptance into the United States than any other country in the world. We take more legal immigrants in. I think it's about a million that is allowed in every year. I might be wrong on that number. Okay. But Dave, it sounds like all you do is listen to CNN or MSNBC, and you've made this sound like it's not a problem. It is a problem. And President Trump did do a better job managing the border. Yes, he put up a wall to keep out illegal people coming across. They tried to funnel them to ports of entry. Okay. But using the analogy that you're saying right today, all these car dealerships in Vermont, they have cars all over the lots. They're everywhere. So we should just be able to go and grab a car and drive it away because there's no laws. Well, I, I think that's a... I don't know if you follow that, but you, the way you say it, hey, we should just take everybody in. We should give them everything. They should be able to steal everything they want. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Well, we should be able to just go grab cars off the lot. Yeah, I, I don't think we should be able to take cars off the lot. And I'm not saying everything's okay, okay, okay. I do think we should change it as far as how we run uh, the immigration system so that we do process people more legally. And that way... You are able to filter out anybody who has a track record of illegal activity. You know, I just, I want to make sure people recognize that probably most people on the air listening, maybe even the two guys here with me, you know, I break the law. I drive above the speed limit. Like, let's, let's be a little careful when we start throwing stones in glass houses because no, most of us don't steal cars. Most of us don't deal drugs. Most of us don't do all those things. But there's plenty of times that folks kind of push the edges a little bit here and a little bit there. So partly, we keep making more and more laws. Let's enforce the ones we have. I know people have talked about that before. Uh, but also, when we talk about border issues, I, I appreciate, you know, I'm introduced as a lieutenant governor. For most of the calls, it sounds like I'm either the president or our congressperson, which maybe you all want me to be that. I don't know. I, I'd be surprised. Whoa. I'd be surprised. Whoa, ready but, for an uh, announcement. <laughs> but ultimately, you know, these areas are, are not my expertise. I don't think they're actually most of our expertise, whether we get our news from Fox, OAN, CNN, MSNBC. And by the way, I don't actually have a TV, so I'm not getting my news from any of those sources. <laughs> I do, uh, and we have other issues to talk about, but I just want to follow up because otherwise I'm going to get flack from callers after. Okay. But one of the no, differences... No, I'm not running for president. Okay. But maybe Senate. I thought that's what you are going to ask Maybe me. Congress or Senate in a couple of years here. We, <laughs> okay, you, you will have to really deal with these. Right. But um, one of the differences between Biden and Trump, because you said you probably didn't see much difference between them, is uh, well, Trump I had a... Say Trump, that, but yeah. You thought the numbers probably weren't much <laughs> right, different. Right. But, but uh, Trump had a remain in Mexico policy that a lot of people thought was very effective, and Biden did away with that policy. Biden mm-hmm. did away with some of Trump's policies that a lot of people thought were working and were keeping the numbers down. Uh, Biden reversed those policies, and we have seen uh, 
really, and there has been a flow of fentanyl across the border. So it's it's come with some clearly with a lot of problems. Well, I think there's two a couple different things. I don't know whether the flow is happening through you know coyotes and and uh, and people smuggling people across the borders. Or more just the fact that at the border, those trucks go through like nobody's business and they've only got so many systems to check the trucks. Again, I'm not an expert on how that fentanyl is getting through, but the fentanyl is going to get through one way or another. They, they're going to fly a little plane and drop a little parachute. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. Um, you know, we, we probably don't have enough border agents to deal with that. But also, if we, we have to decide what our focus is with resources do we want to focus on people, most of whom are not criminals, or do we want to focus on the drugs and trying to interdict on more drugs? There, there are so many ways, whether it's through the islands in the Caribbean and all the beaches there and they're coming in there and then coming up through the island chains and onto the coast of Florida. I, again, I, I'm not a congressperson. I'm not a, a drug or, or immigration expert. So I think a lot of us from what little we hear on the news, one station or another, think we're all experts on this stuff. And I don't think any of us are. Uh, And my understanding, again, from what I have heard about Biden's policy, yes, he reversed some of Trump's policies, but he's also implemented some other policies that I know a lot of people on the left have been screaming about, whether it's ACLU, technically they're not left, um, but others in terms of legal protections for all of us, they feel like people's rights are being violated uh, but pe- there are a lot of people being left on the Mexico side and not being brought in to be turned, you know, or not brought in, but they're being sent back immediately while they're waiting. Uh, they've changed, I think, or increased the number of judges to try to process people faster. But but you know it's an issue when people on, his, when his, on his own side, though, are, are criticizing oh, yeah. him. I mean, from Mayor I, Adams it, I'm not saying there's other no governors issue. Are, are, I apologize. Yeah, there's an issue, and that's why I think we need to change it towards more of a legal process than the illegal process of what's going on right now. All right, let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. If, uh, if, if you have a lot of land, would you be open to have immigration shelter on your land? Thanks. Well, well, <laughs> I, I find this whole line of questioning quite fun and somewhat comical because it's really not my like i said it's not the lieutenant governor's job but my land happens to be conserved under the land trust so i'd have all kinds of parameters that wouldn't allow for it uh and a lot of it's pretty low and flat and very wet uh this year but uh not flooded but uh by a river so at the moment no uh but if i have property that uh could house folks you know there's there's 46,000 excuse me 56,000 second homes in vermont you know, we have 3,000 homeless people. We have people that were homeless because of the floods. Uh, there's the potential for uh, building more affordable housing that we could house both Vermonters and or others in. I mean, there are logical processes to go through to build more housing and to make it possible for people to live in Vermont, whether they're Vermonters who need housing, people that are moving here legally or illegally, uh, but then, again, I'd rather they go through the process and become a legal citizen so they could get a legal job here. And I think you were talking about keep stores open and restaurants open and mm-hmm. uh, have more workers for a lot of our different professions. One of the kids uh, that works with me uh, this summer um, has been here for a very long time, uh, is still not a citizen, but of the entire staff, he uh, he works uh, the most hours and pays the most taxes of anybody. 
Mm-hmm. And I and I find it mind numbing that he's been here 18 years going through the legal channels right. to be a citizen uh, and has a social security number and gladly pays his taxes. Right. Uh, and I and and yet he the process is broken. Right. Is, is the short answer. And, and, yeah. and for the folks that really care, to watch how, how many of them are go, how yeah. many of them are going up to the farms that have I think between 1,500 and 2,000 folks working on the farms right now in Vermont vital, dairy farms by saying let's go shut those farms down. Um, Who's calling in saying shut the farms down? No, exactly. That you see, this is this is where it's it's, it's not it's an easy. Complicated. It's super complicated. Dave, complicated. you meant there's another complicated issue going back to Vermont and uh, you know the floods and everything else. The governor had a press conference a day or two ago talking about his frustration, and you mentioned unemployment claims, saying that they are having trouble getting the unemployment insurance claims to people, to business owners, etc. Um, what do you think is going on there? What do you think of the response? that uh, the administration has put forth overall in regard to the flood? Well, so I've just read a couple of brief stories, and certainly the fact that we don't have uh, an automatic system for those small... It, it's a relatively small number who are ineligible for our current unemployment system because it's independent contractors uh, and and sort of a, a group that's not... You're not an employee of a larger company. Uh, and in states with more disasters, I guess they already have a disaster relief system set up. And apparently we didn't have that, so it had to be set up. On the other hand, I feel like at the moment, we also know the state's flush with cash. We have a huge cash on hand. Why we couldn't front some of that money, even if it was 30% or 50% of what they were expected to get, while processing people under our own system, while building the system that would meet the federal qualifications, that's the kind of thing I don't understand. You need to learn to be, we need to be more flexible to get some money out the door to folks who are in the desperate moment. And Labor Commissioner Mike Harrington, I know he came under fire during the uh, pandemic. Oh yeah, we took some, a bazillion calls in my office during the pandemic. And I, I know legislative That's an exaggerated number, was, by the way. A bazillion, it wasn't quite a bazillion. <laughs> but this is what he said in regard to this delay. He says that Vermont's a little unique. We don't deal with major disasters on a regular basis. Um, he says Vermont does did not have a disaster unemployment system that met federal requirements in place before the floods. So the state had to build one from the ground up. Right. You think that is a fair uh, reasoning for what's going on here? Well, I think it's fair reasoning. Uh, although I think it's important, you know, Irene, 12 years ago, this, we, we are more likely, unfortunately, to get greater disasters. Uh, but even if you have to set your own up, if you know that these folks are going to get something, or the vast, you know, you could still start the process of really vetting them under our own state system and get them something to work with to start to put their feet back under them while you're setting up the system to get the federal money to get reimbursed. You, you had some criticisms about the governor and his administration during the pandemic. Um, and, of course, voters overwhelmingly must must have liked it because they overwhelmingly, no, overwhelmingly liked it. overwhelmingly he did a good job, wanted, but, but I had but, some criticisms, right, but, absolutely. So do you, have, do you have any criticisms about the uh, their response right now to the flood? You know, in general, I think the response has been quite solid. I mean, this this governor is a is quite a good crisis manager. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, there's lots of different ways to govern, and some is to prevent problems, and the other is to deal with them well when they happen. And he deals with them well when they happen. And he's, as far as uh, people from a different party than me, I think he actually does some prevention better than a lot in the Republican Party uh, nationally right now. Uh, you know, many of them would just slash government, and he's holding government numbers firm, which means we're letting some planning go, we're letting some preparations go, but he's also not cut government to hell. So Maybe he should let you in on some more of the meetings. 
Well, and, you know, that was one of my critiques. But but ultimately, no, I think the governor's done a reasonably good job. I have heard from folks that there's a lot of frustrations. There's sort of more promises and faith in FEMA than maybe there could and should be for some of the longer-term stuff, that they really are primarily an immediate solve-the-problem, like triage organization, but they're not going to bring people back to whole. And yeah. I think that expectation was probably built up a little bit high by this administration early on about FEMA's here and FEMA's going to do this. And as we get the declarations for disaster, FEMA's going to sort of save the day. I think that set people's expectations a little bit high relative to what FEMA's going to come through with. Uh, but then he's done really, I think, good work trying to mitigate some of that, working with uh, what company was it, um, Subaru or whomever, with some of that money for cleaning up in some of the uh, mobile home parks Subaru and things New like England, that. Yeah. So, you know, he's he's tapped into some resources and he's, he's adjusted really well uh, to realizing what FEMA isn't going to be able to do. I just, they're not going to make up the difference of the damage relative to what the feds are going to come through with. And I think those expectations might have been a little high. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Hey, good morning. Uh, I just have a statement on uh, illegal immigration, and uh, I have a, a question also. Um, so you say with a lot of the questions that you were, was asked of you, uh, Mr. Lieutenant Governor, that you're not an expert on the area. And then you go and answer, uh, you say that there's Mexicans being held, or not Mexicans, but illegal immigrants being held at the border. So apparently you know more than you lead on, or you're just, you know, well, you can know stuff without being an expert, right? There's so, there's a big breadth between those two apparently things. Apparently, you know more than you're saying. So, but my question is, I'm saying what I know. Uh, actually, I, I'm going to give it back because oh, it's it's garbage. But go ahead. Uh, over a hundred billion dollars has been sent to Ukraine, and yeah. um, when we were uh, when Trump was in office, we were energy independent, so we didn't we weren't buying oil from Russia. But now we're buying oil from Russia. So we're funding we? both, I don't think we're, we're buying oil from Russia. Not right we're now. We're funding both sides of the war. Okay? And back, you know, when Republicans are in office, Democrats and liberals were all against war. I haven't seen or heard anybody complaining because there's a, a Democrat in office. But, right. but well, we don't want, you know, $115 billion. Don't you think that would be better to send to uh, maybe Maui where... We only offered each household $700. I mean, give me a break. Take care of Americans first. So a couple things there. One is I do not think we are buying Russian oil right now. I'd be very surprised. And maybe you're getting your news from one of those sources that likes to really foment things. But uh, I don't believe we're buying oil from Russia. Uh, Two, we can chew gum and walk at the same time. Uh, I do think we should be doing more for Maui. I think we should be doing more for Vermont. And actually, I believe Biden put in for 16 or some odd billion dollars for disaster aid from the heat domes, the floods, and the fires. Uh, I don't know how much more that will mean for individual homes in Maui. And then with respect to Ukraine, you know, it's an, I've heard from many on the left, they're maybe not getting the airtime, uh, they may not be in public office, but there are a lot of people who are very anti-war, do not think we should be sending any arms to Ukraine. Uh, I've disappointed some of them as well, because I do think uh, you let someone like Putin uh, push and push, they're going to keep pushing. Uh, you know, we were slow, What we? I don't think any of us were there, uh, with uh, Hitler. Uh, and, you know, that grew into something much bigger. You know, Putin is uh, is crazy, and he's a power dude. And so do you want to spend the money now and hopefully have it be less? 
or do you want to let Putin grow his his uh, empire larger and start to really impact Western Europe? These again, yes, I know something, so I'm going to talk to you about what I know, uh, but that doesn't make me an expert either. But we can walk and chew gum at the same time. And we should take care of people here well, in this country as well. you have to speak for well. yourself. I mean, if I'm chewing gum, I need to sit down. Yeah, well, fair enough. <laughs> uh, Lieutenant Governor That's Zuckerman. why Kurt was in politics, and, and you right. weren't Anthony. He can no. do more than one thing at a time. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I don't know about chewing gum and walking, though. But um, <laughs> there have been some issues that there's in the judiciary. Governor uh, uh, Judge Rainville mm. uh, decided to resign uh, when they were doing the judicial process, review, et cetera. Um, he decided he was going to resign rather than go through the process. He's quoted in there as saying that the process has become different than anything he's seen in the past. Uh, it's, it's, he said it's more of a, like a, I think his quote was just more like of an inquest than a, than a review now. But it, it highlighted he's had to stay on, even though he was resigning, because we don't have, there's nobody to replace him immediately. And there was a problem with the judiciary, the Judicial Review Board Committee getting nominees to the governor in a timely mm. way. Mm. What do we do about this problem with lack of judges and lack of uh, ability to the court cases all getting backlogged the way they are? Yeah, I mean, this goes to resources. Uh, we talked earlier about how the governor um, is is a frugal governor, and I think that's important. Uh, but as the caseloads grow, you need resources in the judicial branch. And that's a combination of both the budget that's presented and then the legislature passing the budget and making what adjustments they make. So I don't think the fault is all on one or all on another, but clearly uh, there's a backlog. Now, the other factor was that there was a massive backlog that built up through the pandemic, and those take time to work through. And maybe there should have been more funding to either bring on judges, create a temporary judgeship. I don't know what the possibilities are uh, to have done more to elevate a few more lawyers to being judges to get through the backlog. But then again, this continues. There's many, many factors. How many courtrooms do we have? How many uh, staff do we have for the courtrooms? So it takes money to do the job well. And, uh, you know, this is an area that I have disagreed with the governor on with respect to some of the um, spending and folks out there are going to jump on me about taxes and that's fine. Uh, But it takes money to do it well. And if we don't raise the money and we don't put the money into these kinds of things, we're going to have these kinds of consequences. Whether it's pollution in the lake or whether it's backlogs at the judges, that's where we have to decide. Do we have fewer laws so that there's fewer people needing to go to court or do you put the money into it? Dave, uh, we've only got a couple minutes left. I sure. want to ask you about an article in seven days about your the band book yeah. tour. That you've been on. <laughs> yep. And I want to get your reaction to a quote in here from I haven't read it yet, so. Ellie Martin. Right. I'll read it to you. Great. Vermont grassroots, Vermont grassroots leader Ellie Martin reached out to Moms for Liberty, a national organization that has no Vermont chapters. Uh, she's, Zuckerman's book tour, she says, is promoting unbridled access to pornography and critical race theory material in our schools and building support to keep radical parents desiring age appropriate restrictions on educational material away from Vermont school boards. Um, this goes on a little further, but that's the, that's the crux of it. What's your response to that? My response is that our librarians and our teachers are well-trained and are not uh, creating curricula with non-age-appropriate materials. Uh, I heard one person say, you're, you're pushing for uh, five-year-olds to get the book Gender Queer. I'm like, first of all, the five-year-old isn't even a 
understand the book or read the book. And second of all, what no one's given a five-year-old gender queer. Uh, but the bigger picture here is that if you don't want your kid to read something, then you can stand up for your kid and you can say, you can talk to the librarian or you can talk to your teachers and say, I don't want my kid to have a particular book to stop the system from having information. I don't care whether it's information about guns or information about racial history or information about being who you are, no matter who you love, uh, to keep that from anybody else is not what we do. When you look at most authoritarian governments, it starts with information constriction. And that is not something I'm ever going to support. And individuals can choose what they want to read and what they want in their households. But to stop others from having access is not okay. All right, Dave, uh, one quick comment on this. We had Terry Baricious. You know mm-hmm. Terry well. Yeah. He was on the show the other day, and he was promoting a, a new idea he has for getting rid of elections. Yeah, sortition probably. Yes, yeah. that's it, sortitions. Yeah. He said that uh, basically he, and he said it's going to take a long time, but he wants to have random people selected yeah. to make decisions and not have, at some point, he acknowledges it would take a long time, but he wants to have there be no elections. Get rid of all politicians. Right. Quick, quick thought on that. Well, I think it's fascinating. I went to a workshop on that in general, and uh, if you think about it, all the different callers here, you know, most of you can't run for office because of time or the money it takes and the access to resources. Uh, but if you had the full range of voices, on average, get picked out of a hat, and those folks had to sit down, there, there is some evidence to show that they get more done. Uh, and it's more representative of the general population. So it's kind of fascinating. But it, <laughs> There'd be no Dave Zuckerman in politics. Oh, maybe my life would be easier. <laughs> <laughs> well, from a logic standpoint, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, I mean, but, but, but the world no is complicated. As we it. just said earlier, you know, you can know a little bit about a lot of things, but a lot of us are not experts in most things. And so we can talk a little bit about them and usually sound like an idiot, whether it's me or some of the callers. <laughs> or, and, or, and, uh, or us. Right, And uh, but... But bring people in, give them the information, and make a good decision. It, it's fascinating. It's not reality. Lieutenant but it's Governor Dave Zuckerman, thanks for being, for being on the morning drive today, as always. I always enjoy it. Thanks yeah. a lot, guys. Thanks for making the trek. We appreciate it. All you right, bet. well, we're going to take a break. We're going to check in with uh, ABC News. Amanda's got the headlines. Uh, we got the forecast for you. And then we're going to talk about uh, migraines. Miles from migraines with uh, Dr. Sprouse Bloom. Blue- 